welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the best way to end a romantic relationship no matter the stage. Today, I've invited Gene Stark to share his perspective. Over the years, we've had a lot of conversations about relationships, Gene and I, and he's a self-proclaimed Dr. Feelgood of relationships. He's someone who's always ready to weigh in on relationship topics with his single friends, having two divorces behind him now. He's definitely someone who knows what not to do. And like most of us, he's had his fair share of dating in the modern world. A marketer, a consultant, and a fellow budding author, without further ado, welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. So, today we've got a good topic. I wanted to discuss the best way to end any form of romantic relationship, especially when you want to call it quits when you don't want to date someone anymore which is the early stages of the dating period because in America they call everything dating. It's very confusing. So we're talking about that very early stages. Um, it can be awkward in a sense for some people and many people don't know what the right way is to actually end something that wasn't so formal. So what do you think? That's a really, really, really tough question. Like what is the right way? Is there a right way? I don't know. Like I think it's the first question I'd be asking myself or the person I'm advising is a friend. It's like right for who, you know, yeah. is it right for you or right for them? You know, is it, are you trying to make yourself feel better or you're trying to save their feelings? But this idea about, I think duty of care increases with time spent in relationships. So, you know, when you're talking about a first date, it's kind of, you know, how much duty of care do you have? So, but in general, look, my, my opinion is that honesty is always the best policy. It's just a case of how much honesty is the question. <laughs> Good point. Um, probably honesty without causing unnecessary pain is the sort of balance I'd be shooting for. Yeah, you know? that's really good, actually. And how do you think someone works out honesty versus balance of pain? Probably like everything else, it's not black and white. It's probably a kind of a sliding scale. Yeah. Like you could go with 100% truth. It's not me, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's probably going to be quite painful for them to hear. You you know, might opt for the half truth, kind of sugarcoat it and <laughs> – Try to minimise the other ego, the other person's ego bruising, and then the, you know you could go with a complete fabrication. It's not you, it's me. You know, I'm the one with the problem. Oh, so so is that just an insight there for women that every time a man says it's not you, it's me, he's actually means the opposite. Probably, I would say <laughs> that that's the case. Um, and you've got you've got to kind of, I guess, it all comes back to 
how well you know yourself and how confident you are and you know you think about it when someone's not right for you and I've said this so many times to friends of mine like when someone is not right for you by definition you're not right for them you know it, yeah. it kind of goes both ways if someone you know says look it's you know it's not working I don't think it's right for me and they're talking about themselves well then if it's not right for them it's never going to be right for you you know, if they feel that way, there's nothing you can do to change it. So I guess you just got to kind of move move on without, you know, too much of a hit to your self-image. Yeah, and- to try not to take it personally, actually, which can be quite difficult and just be like, oh, yeah, next, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, don't make it a reflection uh, about yourself. Make it you know, just accept it that it's just, you know, whatever issue it is, compatibility or interests or just, you know, you've, you you do have to move on and not think there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I agree. That I think that's really good advice. And like for me, how I um, tend to do is I'm, I'm ready for a relationship, but I am not desperate for a relationship where I'm just going to, oh, you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. You know, I'm not in that boat either. So, they need to be compatible in all four areas. And I feel like if it's not flowing and the energy is not moving nicely and it's not compatible, not interested, and it's not even anything to do with them, I take it away from blaming and that. I just go, it's not flowing. Like it's not, which basically means there's something missing. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming me. It is what it is. Let's just let peace out. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think, and that, that's a great attitude. And I think the the thing that most people don't work on enough is to actually reach that space of confidence, which obviously I know from, you know, the fact that we're friends that, you know, that's something that you worked on. And Mm. people who are, I guess, on that journey of whatever, you know, to use a word of self-improvement or finding oneself or just feeling better and more comfortable in one's own skin, people that are on that journey are going to – and have reached a certain stage are going to deal with breakup of any – at any stage a lot better than those that – think that it's a negative on them that someone leaves them that means there's something wrong with them yeah so how do you tend to end it or what would advice would we give to someone like if you've just gone on one date and you didn't really feel it is it awkward Um, we've gone on the first date do we kiss don't we kiss hashtag awkward awkward moment one (laughs) awkward moment two do you act like you want to see each other awkward moment three Someone might reach out to someone and you don't really want to see them again. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? I think that, and this, is, this was taught to me by a female friend of mine. She's like, girls love it when, they, when the man kind of takes charge and, of the situation and kind of makes that move during the date, whatever the move is. Yes. And she's always said, well, look, you know, if you if you like them, and again, there's so many scenarios. But if you like someone, you want to see them again. Don't wait to leave to organise that second date. Actually, say at the end of that, hey, I'd like to see you again, or let's go out to dinner, or um, can we get you know, can we get a drink tomorrow? So you kind mm. of get and see what you know. You kind of get the response. So if they say no, well, you know, there's you know, there's no need. <laughs> You kind of just, you know, pay the check and get out of there. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I think most people, uh, look, it's my experience. I think it's very rare that you leave a date, a first date, and you don't really know where you stand. 
because then you can find out. Like, I guess, you know, the next step is, you know, let's say you didn't get the um, closure of this, you know, is there a second date? I guess, you know, it's always up to the guy to call. And or in most cases, you know, it's expected that the guy's going to call or text and say, well, can I see you again? And if the guy's not going to call or text, well, you know, you're not going to see him again. <laughs> it's kind of simple. Like I, I, I think the first dates, um, you know, I think the level of expectation is pretty low at a first date. It's like, you know, you're either going to get on really well and get a, a good positive vibe off someone or you're not. You know, they're just going <laughs> to kind of go, hey, I've got to go to the bathroom and never come back. That, yeah, that that's rude though. I don't think people should do that. I vote no, against that. Look, I mean, I've I've had a case of uh, I had a you know that planned emergency phone call within the first half an hour. Really, of date you do that? I did. Um, it was the only <laughs> blind date I ever went to. Somewhere I can't remember who convinced me to go on this blind date. It was absolutely years ago, and um, yeah, I had a friend call up within half an hour, and if I said. You know, like I can't remember, but he was he was faking a car breakdown, and you know, <laughs> if I said yeah, yeah, so oh my God, I'm on my way. Are you okay? Obviously, I was going to be getting out of there. And if I said, well, look, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit tied up right now. <laughs> I had an emergency phone call wait, you know, kind of within first twenty or thirty minutes planned, and thank God I did. <laughs> Crack me up. So was that a tactic that you had on all first dates or just because it was a blind date? No, because it was a blind one. Okay. So what's the tactic that you usually have if it's not a blind date? Of to getting out of there? Yeah. Well, again, uh, a very wise girl um, said to me, look, you know, don't do dinners. You're just like, you know, dinner. Because, you know, when you're working and, you know, you've got a pretty intense intense job and you're coming to meet someone straight after work it's kind of like well i may as well kill two birds with one stone and grab a bite <laughs> it's like you know it, it can is be actually quite, a little bit like that yeah and it's like well you know try to do everyone's them as gonna half. eat yeah yeah so you, you kind of go okay well from now on i'm only doing coffee dates or drink dates and then you know if you're really starving and you like them you can see if you want to eat together so <laughs> You're cracking me up just even saying it like that if you want to eat together. So um, if we've met <laughs> we've met someone and maybe we've been dating them for a month or a little bit over a month, but we're just not really into this person anymore for whatever reason, maybe like, I don't know, somehow you just don't feel like there's compatibility starting to get to know each other's personality a bit more and it's just you're just not feeling it. How would you end this? I think this is where it starts to get a little bit awkward. I think it's also got to do quite a bit with the way you've started. I think, I, 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 again, I maybe I'm very, very unusual and I've certainly copped a lot of criticism for this particular thing <laughs> from one, one or two friends. I've had, I'll tell you the tactic and I'll tell you the reaction. So what I used to do, and again, this is going to be very, very controversial. <laughs> Okay. Maybe, uh, my name shouldn't be publicised. I'll have the trolls out. Um, I used to I, – I, again, this is just my perspective, so this is I'm sure not all men. I don't, I'm not going to say all men. But I think within – very, very quickly when you meet someone, when a guy meets a girl, I think he knows what 
if he's honest with himself, I think he can imagine it to be either something very, very casual or A, they're not attracted, B, it's going to be always something casual or C, they can actually see some potential in a future. Mm-hmm. So I, um, for me, I could always tell whether it was A, B or C very, very quickly, like literally within the first five, ten minutes. Oh, really? First yeah. five or ten minutes of the date. Wow. You know, and you might actually see them two or three times, but, you know, you know that, you know, it's literally just something that's going to be really casual. So what I used to do is um, give someone like this kind of emotional disclaimer and <laughs> triplicate. And I did that for a number of years of being single. And I, I you know, and I, it was as my, now in retrospect, it wasn't really for only for the person I was giving a disclaimer to. So after conferring with a lot of female friends, they all said, well, I think that's, Gene, I think that's great. I'd rather know from the very beginning where I stand with a guy. You know, I thought that I was doing a very, very honourable kind of fantastic thing with this disclaimer saying, look, I like you, but I don't see it going anywhere, but we can still have some fun and be friends or whatever. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. And 99% of women would actually kind of go, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. Of course, three weeks later, it wasn't really fine. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> because, well, that, I, I guess they were in some ways typical of they thought, well, you know, when we get to know each other, when we get intimate, he's going to change. He's going to change how he feels. And it never did. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I'd used the disclaimer for years. I was really kind of proud wearing my <laughs> disclaimer or my thinking I'm doing the right thing. And I think, uh, you know, and a lot of my friends and women, uh, female friends I've spoken to, they still think that's a really good thing. In the end, what I realised, again, talking and kind of living through this is that a lot of the disclaimer was actually for me to do very much with this topic, this question that you're asking about was I didn't want that awkwardness of saying, look, I'm really not that into you or it's not working or we're not compatible. So I kind of preempted that with a disclaimer. Okay, because you already knew that you felt that way. Yeah, exactly. And in the end, I actually stopped using the disclaimer because I kind of started to understand that it can be quite hurtful. It's kind of, and, you know, I I kind of came to, as I came to that conclusion, someone actually gave me the disclaimer and I was on the other end of it. And that was, yeah, that wasn't pleasant. Oh, that's incredible when you experience something you're giving out and you don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I kind of stopped using the disclaimer because it made me realise that, yes, it was positive and it was, uh, you know, very, very, you know, kind of brutally honest for them. But I was also doing it just to save myself the emotional kind of grief. Mm. So, you know, and, and it was also very presumptuous. It kind of comes across as um, really arrogant and, you know, it, it's not nice to be on the other end of it. Mm. I feel like a lot of men definitely will do that, but then women will sometimes do that to the men as well. <laughs> Obviously, the man yeah. doesn't like it so much. So now... What do you recommend for if you don't do the disclaimer so much and you're not really that way? How do you think you end something after a couple of months of dating? I, I think, again, it's that balance of honesty and trying 
not to hurt the person. I mean, you know, if you say to someone, look, we're not compatible, I don't feel that there's the connection or I'm not feeling what I want to feel and it's nothing to do with you, it's just that's the way things are. I think that kind of people will get that. I don't think anyone – I think if you stick to talking about your feelings, no one can blame you for how you feel or what you feel. So, you know, you know, no one can say, well, you're not allowed to feel that or how dare you. You know, it's just, you know, they can't control your feelings. You can't control your, your own feelings most of the time. So yeah. I think, again, that kind of honesty and saying, you know, look, it, it's not really working. I'm not feeling what I want to feel. Um, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, I don't think, I think that spark's missing or I don't think there's that compatibility. Mm, I agree. And that's what I, that's how I end it always. And my girlfriends find it incredible that I, when they now know that's what I do. And I don't, it's not like a line. I genuinely, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. And, but there's the different four areas I find. So it's not necessarily the same area depending on the person that you're dating. Like, compatibility i think like sexual and physical emotional intellectual and like the x factor chemistry and i'm finding you could have one of those or two of those or three of those yeah. but it's trying to find like for me it's trying to find all four and if all four don't exist then it's not compatible uh, look a- a- absolutely and again it's like you know what period of time like if you've been it's not just the pe- it's not just the length of time it's also the intensity i mean i know for example you know, someone or some people um, in a relationship get very intense very, very quickly and it burns really quickly and you kind of get deep and meaningful and you're spending a hell of a lot of time together in terms of just, you know, the, you know, hours of communication or face-to-face or being in the same space. You know, in a month you can get to know someone like other couples might get to know someone in six months. Mm. So that you know you have to be the judge only you can be the judge of the intensity of you know and then the reciprocal duty of care like you know if, you, if you've been together for a month but you've only seen each other three times and you've only exchanged you know seven texts well you know really is it a lot beyond the first date but if you've been staying over at each other's houses and kind of like almost cohabitating within that month well yeah it's going to be a lot more difficult you know and, and your duty of care is probably a lot higher yeah i agree with that and i really like that that you're saying that on the duty of care versus versus the amount of time you're spending together and how intense or not intense that relationship or whatever you want to call it has been now i'm not sure if this has ever happened to you but have you ever ghosted or been ghosted this is a hot topic here in la Okay, ghost. I had, you know what? Uh, um, d- just the other, just the other day, I was um, came across ghosting. I think on Facebook, and then um, <laughs> there's a there's a new one called orbiting. That they're just freaky, and we won't get into that. But there's another one called orbiting, and that's just weird. <laughs> I um, haven't heard that one. <laughs> I've never been ghosted, and I don't think I've ghosted anyone. And you're making me think of maybe two or three times where, you know, they called or texted and I just never bothered to return Mm. the text. And I just, like, I don't know, the level of care was so kind of low 
And, you know, there were so many other things happening in my life that I just thought, okay, by not returning the text, and it was quite early on, like it was only one or two dates in, I thought that it's pretty bloody obvious, like that there's not a lot there and no one's going to be hurt or upset and, you know. So I get, you know, I, I don't think I've ghosted anyone consciously, but someone might say that, you know, I've disappeared on them, but, you know. <laughs> I actually think, and this is going to be a little bit controversial, it's a very hot topic in LA because ghosting is very common here. <laughs> they also have words like zombies and all sorts of things. I can't be bothered with all these labels. But um, I actually think there is a place for ghosting every now and then, and you nailed it on the head with that example actually, like, which I hadn't really thought about it, but it is like the level of care sort of thing that you're saying as well of yeah, maybe the communication just stops and you don't even need to say why it's off. You, you both can see that it stopped. It's whatever, yeah. move on, see you later. No hard yeah. feelings, see you on the street, say hi or whatever and like next, basically. Exactly. <laughs> so, you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. First, date, first date you could probably, you know, you know, uh, probably okay for ghosting, you know, there's no problem. I yeah. think, you know, maybe – Maybe if you find out that he or she has got an outstanding warrant in five states and you need to move into witness protection, <laughs> you know, ghosting would be okay as well. Uh, yeah, I hope you're not finding that out actually. <laughs> um, have you ever had like an awkward breakup? Breaking up is hard to do. Isn't there a song like that? There's like an old, old song, Breaking Up is Hard to Do. I think all – breakups are awkward you know that we don't want to I mean usually we don't want to hurt that person and it's and I think the reason it's awkward like the reason most breakup breakups are awkward is because if you're not a sociopath you care about other people's feelings right mm. so you know it's a case where you're gonna have to where you know where you have the I guess, the intelligence and the empathy to know what it's like to be on the other side. So, of course, you're going to feel – I think, you know, everyone who's normal is going to feel awkward about it because I know it's not going to – it's not pleasant. When someone cares, you know, more and you – more than you do and you're kind of saying, look, I'm not up for this anymore – um, you know, it's going to be somewhat painful, or even, you know, it's going to be somewhat disappointing, even if you're confident and you're not taking it personally. You know, if you had higher hopes than they did and someone's saying, look, I don't want to see you again, <laughs> you, you may not struggle with it. You may not be upset. You know, you may be only upset for like a day or two or, you know, it may not affect your perception of self, but you're still going to be upset. So, the other person knowing that's going to feel awkward. So I think it's always awkward. Yes, it's like firing staff members as well. I, I, like you don't really want to do it, but sometimes you have to do it. So yeah, you're causing someone discomfort and you know, a level of sort of pain or anguish. So yeah, you're going to feel a little bit awkward. But I think you just like I don't. I think there is like a, a better way to do it and a non-better way to do it. Like. The blame game never works. People are just going to get angry. It's just going to be fights. I feel like people are going to walk away feeling worse if there's a blame game. And, again, it depends, I suppose, on what the situation is, the breakup and things like that. But if you can feel it's not working or it's just not right anymore, it's generally mm. better off just to walk away and say goodbye. And sometimes it can be hard. You 
maybe like break up and get back together and break up and those situations can happen but eventually you know where it's going if that keeps happening really yeah and i just don't really take things personally anymore and realize it's often whatever that person's feeling or whatever's happening it's a reflection of them not me and when you can have enough self-love and confidence in that go oh that sort of sucks maybe i wanted to hang out with them more or whatever but you just like like i don't know if they say this in america but in australia you know water off a duck's back like who cares yes who cares move on next yeah you know and and i think that's the you know the big point of being able to reach that stage in yourself to be able to not care so much mm. and not, not to take it personally, not to feel like it's a reflection of who you are. If it look, you know, a, a, again, like, you know, some of not everyone's going to get on with everybody else. What, you know, you may have, you know, these three amazing qualities that most of your friends absolutely adore, but it irritates the hell out of the person that you're dating. I mean, it's just like I like the colour red because I like the colour red and someone hates the colour red. So, you know, it's not something that is in within your control, if that makes sense. Yeah. And even one of my girlfriends here, she'll know when, that I'm talking about her when she hears the story, but she said, you know, sometimes you like to drink Coca-Cola and you drink Coca-Cola every day. But then one day <laughs> comes, you don't want to drink Coca-Cola no more. I want lemonade. <laughs> And so, <laughs> and so maybe you're not the Coca-Cola anymore and they feel like lemonade. And she was like, and you know what? What's wrong with changing your mind? Like, really? And I was like, yeah, you're right, actually. Sometimes you do just feel like lemonade. Yeah, and look, and again, we're getting into a whole new topic, but, you know, people, are, you know, may start off in a perfect relationship and then grow apart. And, but that's, you know, that's another podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> We can talk about it a little bit. I mean, I know what happens. It's basically what happened to me, really. So, And I see that now. And sometimes it can be hard to let go of something that's, if it's very, very many years, like, I don't know what constitutes where you start that number as that was a lot of years. I don't know if it's over five years or whatnot, eight years, 10 years, 20 years, where where we're going to go with that. But it sometimes those can be hard to let go. But deep down, you know that it's, time to let go i don't think anything's for forever it's a moment on time but you could meet someone in like 35 and be together until you die mm. you could, but you could die and when you're 50 you know like I, that's still not forever yeah and it's it, look it, it it happens all the time the divorce statistics the you know so yeah they're pretty high and i think the society's changed from probably a few generations ago and people don't stay together because of all sorts of reasons, social, economic, um, just, you know, so it, it, the change is monumental. So I guess the, the big thing or the big learning for me over the years has been, you know, when you recognise that it's wrong, get out, like, you know, break, you know, make it or break it. Like if, if a relationship is not working and I've got a, a number of friends that I've said this to over the mm. years, like either make it or break it. Like if things are not working very well and, you know, you feel like they're broken and, you know, both, both people in that relationship are not happy, well, either fix it and fix it damn well fast or get the hell out. Like, you know, don't waste their time, don't waste your time. And, and you know, it's easier said than done because people 
you know, do stay in relationships for way, way too long. And, you know, and look, on some, on one hand, it's admirable trying to fight through it and see if you can make it. But, you know, again, speaking from experience, probably, you know, staying in it too long is not, you know, again, not healthy for either. Yeah. Why do you think, I think we should definitely talk about this because it's important. Why do you think people do keep trying and trying and trying, like flogging a dead horse, so to speak, as they say, when deep it's, down they know? Yeah, flogging the proverbial dead horse. I think it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's hope. Humans are kind of wired to hope against all hope and think there's some sort of light at the end of the tunnel and not an oncoming train. <laughs> but I, I think it's also got to do with the fact that once people are invested, they don't want to lose that investment. I read somewhere a while ago that, well, when I say hours, but the last kind of few generations of, say, people under who are under, you know, 45 and under, let's say, in general, um, they tend to stay quite close with their exes, mm-hmm. um, especially if that ex is from a long-term relationship. So unless someone did something like cheat or rob them or, you know, unless there was a very, like a, a very negative type of breakup, in that case, obviously, people don't maintain contact yeah i was about to say i don't stay i haven't stayed friends with my ex however and apparently it's this psychological principle the name of which i can't remember but there's a desire for these last few generations to remain on good terms with their exes Mm -hmm. and it comes from according to psychologists it comes from from the need to kind of get return on your investment (laughs) You know, um, you've, you, you know, you've spent, say, five or ten years with someone and things just didn't work out because they didn't work out. It was nobody's fault. You kind of feel like if you just, you know, ghost them that you've lost all that stuff. All That's that really interesting because it could just be it's just that chapter's closed and that was the amount of time you're meant to spend with each other and that's it. That's how I feel about something, like the long-term serious ones. I can stay friends more so with guys that I've dated, I'd say, and, like, it's just like, oh, this isn't working because of whatever, but the long-term ones I don't really hang out with. Mm. Look, I, I don't hang out with either of the two ex-wives, but I'm on, you know, quite good terms and my girlfriend was, you know, I, I think pleasantly surprised. She's pretty, um, you know, evolved emotionally, as, as evolved as anyone as I've ever met, and she's kind of, that's fantastic that you call each other on your birthdays. And she actually met my first ex-wife and really got on really well with her. So, Because <laughs> um, you have a you type, know, maybe. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that they're the same type. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that what that shows to her is that I'm, you know, I guess true to my word and, I've been able to maintain a very, you know, it's not a close relationship. It's, you know, we see each other maybe once or twice at, you know, at occasions where there are friends, mutual friends. Okay. I chat, you know, have a really, you know, good conversation with her husband and we get on really well and, you know, it's, you know, we still care. it's just really pleasant when you see each other but you're not really hanging out or spending time together really. You're not proactively trying to spend time. 
at Correct. We're not hanging out, you know, every third or fourth weekend, like we'll speak once a year or twice a year. We'll, you know, bump into each other at a function and, you know, we'll be, we'll actually, you know, do a bit of reminiscing and laughter. And I'm not quite sure. I haven't figured this out a hundred percent, but, you know, I know that it can make new partners feel somewhat uncomfortable because you're talking about something that doesn't involve them. Mm. Um, but, you know, in our, in, in my particular case, we spent close to 10 years together at a very, very young age, like from, you know, 1920. So you are, those are kind of your formative years and you do have, you know, you kind of do hang on to the good memories or the funny moments and you do share them with those that are close. And, you know, I think that's kind of, it's not like I crave it. It's just there when it happens. I think what one's got to be careful of is to make sure that it doesn't make your partner feel bad in any way, shape or form. It doesn't make them feel insecure. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's also a sign of like mature people versus people that aren't, haven't quite matured and where you are in your life and different things as well. Absolutely. I mean, again, it's it's a cliche, but, you know, people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm. And not that there's anything wrong with, you know, choosing not to maintain any contact with that person, but you've got to ask yourself the question maybe if you're so adamant, my God, I could never run into them again or I don't want to see them or I can't talk to them, then maybe there's still unresolved issues. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I was- I'd agree with that. I could run into my ex and whatever and be like, hey, what's up? And then I'd probably, I don't really feel like I'd feel the need to have a long conversation and just like move on. Yeah. But I wouldn't really care if like I'm not freaking out if that happens. The likelihood of that, considering there's a little bit of ocean between us, is pretty low, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think you've given us great advice that men can definitely take on board and as well as women and insights into the men's way of thinking on this a little bit as well and little different tactics and things and we can just see what's happening for what it is and not attached to it. Very true. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, it was good. Thank you. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.